Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Father, for everybody that's here, everybody that's on a faith journey. And I thank you, God, uh, you know where we are, whether we're on the mountain, we're doing great, we're in the valley, we're having a difficult moment. And God, you have something to say to us today that will help us, inspire us, help us to level up in our life and be successful in this life that you've given us to live. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Well, today we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, our Messiah, born in a manger 2,000 years ago. It was an event that marked history forever, and it's never been the same since. I don't know if you could imagine um, taking a week-long journey on foot, pregnant, with all the aches and pains that come with that, and that's exactly what Mary and Joseph endured. They endured hardship from the terrain, from the community, maybe even from family, to carry this legacy that we celebrate today, the hopes and the dreams of our Messiah. So to, together, Mary and Joseph, with limited provisions, went off on a long journey, and they traveled, and a miracle happened. The miracle was, as you know, a king was born. Look at somebody say, a king was born. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, a king that was born. A young Jewish girl engaged to a man named Joseph, went on a journey to give birth to a Messiah. A miracle happened. A virgin gave birth to our Messiah. And he is our Savior. He's our Lord. He is our King. But what does that mean? You know, we hear that word and we say, Jesus is King. What does it mean? You know, what is a king? Well, there's lots of examples throughout history of what a king is. Some are good, some are bad, some are known for their great deeds, some are known for their wicked deeds. So a king can be many things. A king is a ruler of a kingdom. He has a domain. Every king has a domain. And um, we know scriptures tell us that even as we come to faith, we become kings and priests. You see that in Revelation and in First Peter. And so we're like Christ the King in that, that we have a domain. But it says that he is the king of kings. How many know that? And he's the Lord of lords. He's the king above every other king. His domain extends and covers all kingdoms and domains. And while other kingdoms and kings may last for a season of history, it says that his kingdom will never end. Luke 1.33, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. I think about a king, too. A king has um, property, right? Property and land, and they're normally massive landholders. King Charles and the British royal family owns about 6 billion acres. I looked it up. I was like, wow. Trying to think about what 6 billion acres is. And um, they have a lot of stuff. Kings have a lot of stuff. Uh, normally expensive stuff. King Charles' net worth is about $2 billion. But it says our king, in Psalm 5010, it says, For all the animals of the forest are mine, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. 
So we know that our king owns a lot of property. He owns a lot of cattle, a lot of animals. And scripture tells us in Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness. And everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So that means while there may be other kings that have domains, they're really just leasing land from the king of kings that owns at all. They're only borrowing, they're only renting space. Our king owns the whole earth and everything in it. What a powerful standing of land and property. Then I think about a king. A king also has subjects, right? And a subject is someone under the authority or control of someone else, right? And so a king has subjects under their authority because we can all run around and we can celebrate, oh, Jesus is our king, Jesus is our king. But that's also the acknowledgement that we are his subjects. We are under his authority. And those that are under his authority, we have to understand the king and obey his laws and understand the rule of the king. We're all subjects of the true king. And even people that don't acknowledge that he's the king, they're still subject to the rules of the king, right? If you were to be in a king's kingdom and you were to say, well, I don't care about the king's rules and I don't care about the king's laws, but you're in the king's kingdom, the king's laws still apply to you if you're in the kingdom. So as subjects of the king, we must understand our king. We must understand and obey his laws. If we want to prosper in the land, we have to understand the laws of the true king. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. The government or royal authority will be on his shoulders. He has the authority to make the laws. He has the ability to rule. The government rests on his shoulders. And here's the great news. Because I know we all go through difficulties or we all need a ruling in our favor. Anybody gone through something that's like, man, I wish that fairness would be brought into whatever circumstance that I'm going through right now in my life. The great thing is we serve a just king. We serve, unlike uh, imperfect societies that different people groups are oppressed, in this kingdom... We serve a fair and just God that is fair to everyone. And when the angels announced the arrival of the king, this is what they said about him in Luke 2, 13 and 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So we serve a God of peace. Yes, he may go to war sometimes, but he is a, he is a man of peace. He is a God of peace. He's a king of peace. And he brings freedom from disturbance. What is peace? It's freedom from disturbance. What is peace? Peace is freedom from conflict and war. Right? right? And so although as people that believe in God and people that serve the king of kings, we may have times and moments of war and battle and conflict, but it is to get to a place of peace. Because our king is a king of peace. And he promises us freedom from disturbance, And freedom from conflict and war. And it says goodwill. Goodwill to men. Goodwill towards mankind. So what is goodwill? It's favor and kindness. He is a king that grants favor. 
and shows kindness. I don't know about you, but I would love to have favor with whoever is the seated president of the United States. Wouldn't you like to have favor with the president? Or when you went and visited or vacationed in a different nation, wouldn't you like to find favor and kindness by that nation's leader? The angels announce that this is our king and he is giving us peace and he is giving us goodwill, favor and kindness. And we know that our king is just. Proverbs describes a good king like this in Proverbs 16, 12. A king detests wrongdoing and his rule is built on justice. I want to take you on a little bit of a story, a little history lesson that as I was just studying in my own time, I saw in the very beginning, God was the king, right? In the beginning, God was the king and God was our king. And even when we didn't know it, he was our king. When humanity fell into confusion with Adam and Eve, mankind had been running away from God. They started running away from God as their king. So God, in all of that, he selects Israel and he says, well, if these people have rejected me, I'll be your king. So he hand selects Israel. But one day they no longer wanted him to be their king either. And so they go to Samuel and they, Samuel the prophet, and they asked him to select a man to be their king. He said, we don't want God to be the king. We want you to select a man for us. So they wanted to be ruled like other nations were ruled by a man. So God allowed it. And he said to Samuel in 1 Samuel 8, 7, do everything they say to you. For they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. This is what God said to Samuel. So they rejected the true king, and God gave them Saul. And Saul did some good things, and Saul did some bad things. And um, just as any natural king, he was flawed. And after that, God gave them David. And while David was also flawed, he is said to have had a heart after God. And God made David a promise. He said, if you obey me, if you honor me, then I'll always give you a son seated on the throne. I'll always give you a descendant on the throne. So David honored God, and then God honored David. And some of his descendants did good, were good kings, some were bad kings, and ultimately, it, it goes a lot of times what happens when we don't have God involved. The last king kind of really messed up and lost the kingdom and went away in chains. And it seemed like hope was lost, except for one young girl that once again honored God and God made her a promise like he made David a promise. There was something special about this young lady, Mary. And he said, I'm going to give you the Messiah. I'm going to give you the promise. I'm going to give you the king. And you are going to give birth to the king. And there's something special about this king. Not just a, a man from the lineage of David. He was also God. In the flesh, fully God, fully man. So once again, after all these years, God would again be king. 
God would again be king. And there's no one that can rule in truth and justice like our king. God would again show humanity what true, what a true king looks like, what a true king does. He came in the form of a man to take back the role of our king. He loves us so much that he would not let anyone inferior rule over us. In Jesus, we have the true king. The king that was, that is, and ever will be. At times, humanity has turned away from him, but he remains the one true king. At times, he's been rejected, but he remains the one true king. At times, he's been humiliated, but he's still the one true king. He was crucified, but he's still the one true king. He rose in all power because he is the one true king. And today... We celebrate that king. Not just baby Jesus, but we celebrate King Jesus. Not just baby Jesus. We don't just confine him to this wonderful holiday, but we understand that he's more than just a baby born in a manger. He's also Messiah. He's also Savior and King. And maybe tonight in this season, you say, it feels like life is out of control. I got a call late at night and last night and just want somebody close to me. Stuff was out of control. And maybe that's you today. Maybe there's some things in your life that are out of control. I want to tell you that we serve a king of peace. He will come and he will bring his shalom. It is the absence of conflict. It is a peace that passes understanding. That no matter what you're going through, you can have the confidence of God. You can know that you have the favor and the kindness of the King of Kings on your behalf. And no matter what you're going through, Maybe you're having a great Christmas. Or maybe there's some things that you're still trying to iron out. I want to tell you that we serve a king that is a king of peace. Will you bow your heads with me today? God, I thank you for what you did so many years ago when you entrusted a young woman with the promise and the hope, not just of a nation, but the hope of our world. Jesus. And we honor and we celebrate not just baby Jesus, but King Jesus. God, I pray that you would touch each and every person that's struggling today. Maybe it's something big, maybe it's something small. But you're saying, I need God's peace. I need God's peace. I love that in the story, and it's more than a story. The skies parted and the heavens announced peace on earth. Goodwill to men. That's what our king ushers in. So God, I thank you for that. Thank you for your special gift of Jesus who brings peace. He is the prince of peace. He is the principal agent of peace. 
Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus today. I've kind of drifted. I kind of slipped in my relationship, and I need to reconnect with him today. I need him. I know I need him in my life. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you today. You don't have to come forward. I'm going to pray for you right where you are. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Amen. 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 If you slipped up your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me. And everybody that agrees with this prayer, you can say this prayer too. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for loving me that much. I'm sorry for the times I missed it and failed. I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, give me a fresh start. Forgive me. Apply the perfect work that you did on the cross to my life. I need your forgiveness today. Help me live a life that pleases you. I want to live like you. Jesus, help me do that. Give me the guidance. Give me the strength. Be my king. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Well, God bless you. God bless you. Wow. Let's give God the praise today. If you accepted Christ or recommitted to Christ today, I'm so excited for your journey. Get connected, get plugged in here, or get plugged in somewhere and continue that faith journey. It's so exciting to know that when God is in your corner, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And if Jesus is with you, you will be. Have a great Sunday. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.